Hello and welcome to Renegade Mama. I am your host, Natalie Rees. Today on the show, I speak to Mama of Two, Phoebe Reynolds. Phoebe transitioned to a wild pregnancy at around 24 weeks after realizing she would be spending her whole pregnancy fighting her doctor, a space she did not care or need to be in. Leaving the system and finding a birth path that aligned completely with her truth was pivotal in healing her birth trauma from her first birth and helped her step fully into her power as a woman. We talk about how Phoebe naturally and instinctively dealt with her bubba turning blue after she gave birth. We talk about how she had postpartum depression and anxiety with her first, and now the postpartum rage she is feeling currently. Phoebe is a genuine, tender soul whose insights and strength are bound to inspire you. Welcome Phoebe to the Renegade Mama. It's so wonderful to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Yeah, me too. So you've got a little baby five-week-old on your chest, which is just so beautiful. Um, it's so nice to speak to somebody so um, close to the, well, still in their postpartum period. It's wonderful. I know. I don't know if it's smart or uh, crazy on my behalf, but uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty special. Yeah, it is. And the memories are still there, really roar and then real okay so Phoebe if you could just um maybe tell us a little bit about who you are who you and your family are and um what you guys do yep so it's myself and my husband Craig um who is better known as Renski so if I say Ren or Renski that's who I'm talking about yeah um and we've got two beautiful girls our oldest winter is just turned 18 months and our little one who we mentioned is five weeks old and her name is Scout. So yeah, and we live in um, in Jindabyne in New South Wales in the Snowy Mountains. Beautiful. And you guys are, yeah, snowboarding family, is that right? We sure are, yeah. My husband's um, in the snow sports industry, snowboard examiner and instructor and all that jazz, and I'm just there for the fun, right, the powder. To ride. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and yeah, we've even gotten Winter got out on her little snowboard last winter already. So um, no way. Yeah, so we're excited to have the whole family out there. The next That's one that comes along. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Phoebe, your birth story, your own birth story of when you were born was really interesting. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I look, I only know the exciting details. I don't yeah. know the intimate details, but um the story goes um, that I'm the second oldest of four children, five, technically five children, but the older brother did pass away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you, and yeah. you said your older brother passed away from SIDS, but your mum suspected that it was vaccine related, which is very yeah. common around SIDS. Yeah, it is. Uh, unfortunately, the timing was, um, as they like to say, it coincidental. Mm. Um, and which you know is very suspect but as a result none of the rest of us children were vaccinated um, Mm -hmm. something I'm very very grateful for and um, yeah so sadly they lost him and I was conceived as um, yeah as you know as a result Um, mum still wanted a bubba and Yeah. yeah I came along so yeah, yeah that we were, five um, month that five month um vaccine was also the one my brother reacted to and when we all yeah. stopped being vaccinated so that's interesting isn't it there you go that is really interesting I'm sure there is a lot more to that yes <laughs> yes um, 
yeah, yeah go, so, go. We, so mum yeah mum's like you know fully um I think I don't know how many weeks she was full term I was you know she was healthy mum was had great pregnancies and all the rest mm-hmm. of it um and yeah she was really relaxed at home she was having a bath apparently and dad was getting a bit antsy and was like I really think we should go um he was obviously picking up on something and you know it was a planned hospital birth so I packed us all up into a car um my older brother who was about nearly six at the time um was sitting in the front seat and they had along for the ride um mum's one of mum's best friends at the time who was a um, midwife who happened Mm -hmm. to be a midwife so they dad was like oh I'd rather you come in the car with us I'd just feel better so she came along in the car and yeah on the way to there it was early Sunday morning so no traffic um, dad speeding through all the you know red lights and everything because it was on um and at about 100 k's an hour <laughs> I was born wow it's so um, insane <laughs> yeah so as we were driving yeah I was born it wasn't a pullover and let's have her it was like right we're, we're still going 100 k's per hour I mean yeah if there's no better reason to stay at home <laughs> but obviously that wasn't a, in your mum's psyche or whatever but her body was no. just doing it Thing. She wow. was just going, and she, from all I, all accounts, she was very relaxed, and it was all good. Um, mm. Yeah, so I shot out at you know almost equal speed to the car, and mm. in an old um, classic, a Holden E8, so you know, very bogan car, love it. Yeah. And um, and yeah, and then so um, the friend, and I can't even remember her name, um, but her, she, yeah, helped deliver me, and I had um, you know nuchal cords, so. She took that off um, and I was, it took a little while for me to get breathing. So mm-hmm. I was going blue and all the rest of it. So she kind of helped resuscitate me um, and get me going, which is good. Um, yeah. It's pretty normal though, right? Baby, yeah. take yep. some time to come around. It's that's, that's it, especially at that kind of, you know, the, the speed of, that was around me and all of that. I'm like, yeah, it was, it was kind of a crazy entry into the world. So, yeah, the adrenaline um, of going 100 Ks per hour. Exactly. Delivering a baby. <laughs> so um, yeah, so we we were all good. We got to the hospital. Um, they put mum on a um, trolley bed and went to put me on another one for whatever reason. Um, and mum was like, "No, she's still attached." <laughs> so you know, the placenta hadn't been born. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so popped me on mum, and off we went in. And I honestly don't know the rest of the story because yeah. it was always the hype of being born in the car that got focused on. <laughs> yes, I could imagine. <laughs> so yeah so that was my entry into the world (laughs) yeah wonderful okay so up until you fell pregnant with winter what was your relationship to birth had you thought ever about it or seen any other babies being born I hadn't seen any babies being born I have been around a lot of newborn babies within hours of them being born Um, I've grown up with lots of little kids and I was a, a ballet teacher for many many years oh, so wow. you know young obviously they're not newborns babies but used to children and um, yeah yeah so I had a great relationship with kids and newborns I um look I had a an interesting relationship in that I I thought think deep down I always wanted children but I had different relationships um my first partner sadly passed away in 2012 so um losing him kind of put me on a different you know journey and a different um path Mm -hmm. and um and we, we he was 27 I was 26 so we kind of I don't know we were about to travel around the world we weren't children um and then my next partners were I became a stepmom with one of them um oh my gosh. he was 
yeah unfortunately that he was um it was a very toxic relationship um, left that one but that led me to New Zealand and where I met my husband um Mm -hmm. and so for about 10 years I'd had very active relationships with my partners previous um Mm -hmm. I no contraception um hadn't yet hadn't ever fallen pregnant um so it wasn't because we'd ever tried but it wasn't because we'd ever been careful Mm so um then I met my husband. We got together very quickly. Um, it was definitely love at first sight. Um, in fact, when he saw me on the stairs at the ski field, um, he says that he had a voice in his head that said, I'm going to marry her and have two kids. Um, <laughs> so there was definitely something very spiritual that happened there. Yeah. And yeah, our relationship kicked off really quickly. We both knew what we wanted out of life and, um, you know, all the rest of it. And um, yeah, after our first date, we you know were together and we decided that that was it and a week and a half later we were pregnant wow it's just like divine intervention you had all those years with no contraception and and first time with this new man your love of your life and you're pregnant it was absolutely amazing and to this day I thank my ovaries and my like my all of my beautiful women bits um for protecting me essentially I know that that could sound horrible to some people but they like they knew my body knew who was the right person and my babies knew who was the right person as well so um I really we both talk about it and really believe that she just went yeah you found him okay we can Um, can come into the world now (laughs) how old were you at the time uh so I was 34 yeah I just I turned 35 not long before she was born so yeah so really um mature age you know which is great um but then also has its own challenges you're very independent by then yes that's so true (laughs) yeah having a newborn um who needs you 24 7 is a whole nother challenge but yeah um so we met yeah got pregnant really quick um I suspected I was pregnant when I just was beyond irrational one day and really cranky Mm -hmm. um a few days later we did the test and um yeah it was positive and we were good to go it was exciting yeah how did you both feel about that were you really shocked um shocked but like happy shocked it was just you know I mean I'd I'd done a few tests in my life and so to finally see that um and ironically about a week earlier I'd had a massive breakdown um to him and I'd become so overwhelmed I couldn't even physically talk I was just so and eventually it came like what's wrong and eventually I was like I know I said I didn't want children, but I think I want kids with you. And so yeah. literally a week before, it was almost like I had to release that in order to, wow. you know. Yeah, it was just amazing the time. That gives that. me shivers. But yeah. I, I, so many people I talk to, you know, I say, was the pregnancy planned or whatever? No, like, oh, not really, but we were thinking about it or we did mention it or like it's literally yeah. you just have to have that thought and then baby yeah. just comes in. That's it. I mean, she was already there, but it was almost like I – needed to have that release before I found out you know in order to be really able to enjoy um, and embrace it all so yeah yeah so it was really um yeah it was a beautiful moment I remember you know taking it out to him and the the test and being like hey does this say what I think it says (laughs) he's like oh I don't know and then (laughs) I was like I'm pregnant um and yeah and we were both just yeah overjoyed so she was definitely a a welcome little star that's for sure um and you said you had quite bad morning sickness in the pregnant in the first trimester is that right 
Yeah, I did. Um, she gave me some pretty strong nausea <laughs> for a very long time. I think I had it from about the five week mark through to um, about 16 weeks. Yeah. And mostly though, I like I was spending every day, nearly every day driving up the mountain to work. So big windy roads, um, yeah. which meant by the time I got to work, I was a mess. Um, I ended up telling my, like I was, I reported directly to the ski, um, the head of the ski resort. Mm-hmm. And I ended up telling him and my team that I was pregnant very like straight away because I was so unwell. I needed yeah. them to know what was going on. Yeah. Um, but we ended up telling... Smart. It was, and we ended up telling family and friends straight away. Um, my personal want and desire was to, you know, make sure that we celebrated her right from the beginning yeah. and to just, I didn't understand the need to keep it quiet until I know everyone has different um, needs and views around it. But for me, it was like, I just wanted to, I'm so excited and I wanted to celebrate it with everyone. And I also Absolutely. believed that if she was to be on the world, in the world for a short time, then I wanted to have that support network as well. If something was to go a different direction yeah so I think that's a really good point I feel the same I think it's really weird to kind of yeah hide your progress and I get it you know from maybe a work perspective with paternity leave I don't know whatever it is but um yeah just yeah like to be able to accept and have joy in that pregnancy and you know have everyone celebrate with you it's such a beautiful thing I think, and I think it honors the child so much more. Like mm-hmm. it's really important to celebrate them from the moment um, and create that energy around your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've got to do it in secrecy for that really like vulnerable, like probably one of the most vulnerable parts of the pregnancy for me because yeah. I was so sick. And, yeah. um, you know, if I had to hide that and pretend it was something else and or pretend to be okay, that just that's not healthy for me or my baby exactly you're out of alignment when you're pretending something's not (laughs) happening that actually is exactly for quite a long time as well so um yeah it was um it was and it was just so beautiful to share that with you know our crew and everything there so yeah Yeah. Um, I mean that was the there you go yep yeah um so that was the first trimester but we um I also uh ended up flying to Europe because we'd planned a trip to Europe my husband's a Welsh Mm-hmm. Um, and his parents live in Spain. So we had planned to go and visit them before we knew we were pregnant. Um, and we just decided to continue with life anyway. Um, and yeah. I must say, flying for 40 hours plus hours. Oh, my <laughs> God. It was, it was challenging, but, you know, it was okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, yeah. So by the time winter was born, I think I'd done 18 flights, but that will cover those. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. I was the same. I think... I don't know, first baby, you're like, we could still do everything. I went yeah. on honeymoon, we went to Japan, we went to Korea. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how many flights to and from Perth, from Sydney. It was just like, yeah. <laughs> I think oh, I went yeah. I had morning sickness. I was doing too much and not honouring the pregnancy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, hindsight, isn't it wonderful? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so... That kind of subsided the morning sickness after 16 weeks. What kind of pregnancy care were you seeking out? Because you were traveling around a little bit as well. Yeah. So, look, at that time, I had um, no awareness of free birth or wild pregnancy. So, mm-hmm. let's just, otherwise, I would have gone down that route straight away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I just went straight to the doctor, um, as you do, because that's what I thought happened. Um, mm-hmm. I knew I've, you know, I've grown up around Byron Bay, so I am very holistic um, and alternate 
in, I hate using that word, but you know, it makes sense to people yeah. um, in my approach to health and, and life. So I knew that, you know, I was going to be able to have a full natural birth and um, all the rest of it. So I was, you know, gunning for a water birth um, and I thought that was the direction I wanted to go. So in New Zealand, they have the midwifery program, um, which is, is actually quite good. And I went along to meet the midwife at the hospital. Um, they, yeah, and we just kind of, I told her, I was like, look, a bit unusual. I'm flying to Australia, you know, right when the 19 to 20 week scan is, and then I'm flying off to Japan. I'll be there for three months. I'll be back <laughs> to have the baby. Like, you know, yeah. so I might only see you like once or twice before I have the baby. Is that okay? And she's like, yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, whatever you need, just let me know. So yeah, so I didn't really have any kind of structure other than I knew when my dates of travel were. And that's yeah. what we kind of worked around. <laughs> Love it. Um, so yeah, so that was, I had really minimal, um, I think we had the dating scan to begin with, um, you know, at that stage, again, I knew nothing about ultrasounds and, um, and what they actually do. So we just followed the mainstream narrative mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and got, I mean, I can't lie, it was pretty special seeing our baby and yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> that little heartbeat. Um, so that was really beautiful. And then um yeah, and then we just, I went off on my merry way and travelled around the world. <laughs> Wonderful. Didn't have, I, I had the 20-week scan in Australia, but what was hilarious is that I didn't realise I'd gotten my date, my week kind of wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was actually turned 19 weeks or something on the day before I left for Japan. So we had to squeeze it in on that day. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so we got, did that and did the, the 3D one, which sorry anyone who's going to be horrified by me doing that but you know I didn't know any better Um, (laughs) and yeah and found out that she was a little girl and we were just yeah over the moon so I sent because my husband was in Japan already working Mm -hmm. and I sent him a picture of a pink snowboard to tell him the sex and that was pretty cool um and then yeah off to Japan I went um there was an international medical facility there English speaking and all the rest of it so I knew that if I needed anything emergency care wise that I had it available mm-hmm. um so I didn't feel worried and I just saw a friend I actually happened to have a friend who's a chiropractor who lived in the same part of Japan who oh, could wow. treat me throughout that part of my pregnancy which is beautiful so the only care I really got consistently was chiropractic um oh, throughout nice. my pregnancy which was great yeah were you, were you in Niseko did you say yeah, in the second. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So, um, yeah. And how were you feeling um, in that tri- it's your second trimester that you're there? So it's probably yeah. feeling pretty good. I'm feeling amazing. Yeah. Um, out and about, normal life, um, full of energy. Were you yeah, snowboarding at all? No, I stopped snowboarding um, in the first trimester because I was so sick. Yeah. And I just felt it's more. Like I'm still a pretty much a beginner. So, you know, but it was more other people that I was worried about being hit behind yeah. from behind or something like that. So, yeah, sure. um, yeah, so I had stopped, but um, it was very hard to be in the place and not snowboard. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you feel like a little bit left out? You were just like sitting I did, yeah. snowboarding. <laughs> I did, but I, I loved being with, you know, um, my, like, well, he was my fiance then. He proposed to me in Japan. Um so yeah I loved being there with him and him experiencing you know my growing belly and her movements she was a very very active baby so you could feel her from you know very early on which is a great beautiful um okay and so then you came 
tell me how you left Japan and then what happened then. Yeah, so I was due to come back from Japan in mid-March uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. And obviously that was when the, um, the pandemic began, mm. or really, really kicked off actually. Mm. Um, and I had a friend, like we were, we were in a bit of a bubble in Japan and that you, you kind of didn't, because we weren't watching like TV or anything because it's all in Japanese, yeah. um, really wasn't following along what was happening in the world. But she was over in Tokyo for work and she's like, oh, don't know if you know what's going on, but yeah, everyone's like panicking a bit here and whatever. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but you know, you might want to bring your flight forward because the world's getting a little bit crazy. Um, so I looked into it a bit more and um, my husband had received the same kind of information at work. So we looked, we brought my flight forward a week and I came back to Australia. Um, yeah, very early March. And um, yeah, a lot of people were exiting Japan rather rapidly. So full flights and it was chaotic. Um, got back to Australia and then I started paying attention and it was very quick. So we were, we were meant to go back to New Zealand. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I was going to have Bubba. And um, yeah, but I was watching it and all of a sudden they were saying, hey, we're going to shut the borders to both Australia and New Zealand. Now, again, my husband's Welsh. Whilst he has worked in New Zealand for the last 14 years um, for snow seasons, he's not a resident or anything. Um, he always comes and goes on a work visa. Mm. and we hadn't been together long enough for that to you know come to anything um so I flew back to New Zealand um and said you need to get on a flight now um yeah when they announced the borders were closing so I called him he literally ran with the clothes on his back to the airport booked a flight at the airport um amazing miracle that he even got on the flights and got out of there so he met all the criteria to come into New Zealand. Unfortunately, when he got to Australia, someone picked up on his accent and said, hey, you're not from New Zealand. They're not going to let you in. Um, and they didn't, his flight got cancelled. They didn't put him on another one. And um, he was stuck in Australia. And he's like, what am I going to do? I've got a pregnant wife. Oh, my um, gosh. And they were like, oh, we'll send immigration. We're like, oh, can we send him to Bali or Thailand? Like, Where can we send him? Because we're not letting people into Australia. And he's like, no, 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 like my wife's Australian. We've got somewhere we can live here. You can't send me anywhere. She's about to, you know, she's 30, I was 32 weeks pregnant. Oh my um, gosh. So they were like, oh, okay. And they granted him a 90 day tourist visa. So that gave us enough time for me to come back, for us to have a baby and about a month window <laughs> to work out what we're going to do with life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Talk about so, pressure. Oh, safe to say the third trimester was a little bit stressful. Um, and yeah, so I jumped on a plane the next day, flew back to Australia, and we went back to my dad's house, which is where I'd grown up, and um, we settled in there and tried to figure it all out. Um, I booked into the uh, Byron um, Hospital, like maternity ward, which mm-hmm. is its own. They, yeah, it's really, really beautiful, um, and you know, got all set up there because again, I wanted. I actually was considering doing a home birth at this point because everything was going chaos, and I was like. Mm. I think I just want to be at home. However, my childhood home has a lot of trauma for me and a lot of um, negative energy. And, okay. you know, as much as I love my dad and that, it just just didn't feel right. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, we just lost all of our jobs and all of our stuff lived in two different countries and we were just starting fresh. We had, my husband couldn't work in Australia. So we were really like, you know, li- mm. we had no money really. Um, yeah. Well, very lim- limited funds. So which we needed to be careful with. So it just made sense to go into um, the system. And Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, and Byron has, it was kind of the best of, you know, the worst. Yeah, <laughs> the best place to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, turns out that my midwife there was someone I'd gone to school with her and her sister. So that was really beautiful. She's, oh, nice. you know, amazing human. And um, yeah, we we're all good to go. We went along to a couple, again, it was COVID. So you didn't really have many appointments. Um, we were in the, you know, the final stages anyway. Everything was healthy and good. Um, so yeah, we just got ready to kind of have her and waited and did a lot of beach walks. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Which is so, beautiful, yeah. Do you want to tell uh, us about the birth story? Yeah, so in the weeks leading up, um, I, you know, obviously I'd never had a baby before, so I was like just really wanted her to arrive. Um, not because I was crazy uncomfortable or anything, but just I just wanted to meet my baby. Mm-hmm. So we started the um, the best course of action to naturally, what we, you know, thought would naturally induce because <laughs> to have sex and I'm like man that's the best thing ever yeah <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want to do this um my, yeah. mind you though my libido was off the charts in the latter part of my pregnancy I yeah it was just crazy so um so we were having fun and each time you know we'd make love it would bring on really strong contractions and I'd have um Braxton Hicks kind Perfect. of scattered throughout the days yeah so it was really good so my body had a really beautiful warm-up from about 37 weeks mm-hmm. and um and then at 39 and th- or two, um, we, yeah, we made love. And then I, my mucus plug um, released, which was, you know, exciting, but also scary. Because I didn't, I, can't, I hate to admit this, but I didn't even know that there was a mucus plug. Yeah. I was like, oh, what is this? Um, and yeah, so that arrived <laughs> and the contraction started really strongly. Um, I called my midwife and just explained, she's like, cool, that's great. Just, you know, keep keep us in touch and um and let us know how you go in the next you know day or so Mm -hmm. and yeah um and I remember like because I'd had the warm-up contractions these ones just felt a little bit stronger it just felt like really strong period pain so I didn't pay much attention to it um I was literally having video calls with friends and stuff that afternoon Mm -hmm. um not actually knowing that I was actually in labor (laughs) (laughs) I I had no idea um so overnight, though, the I kept spotting and I was bleeding. Like, well, actually, I wasn't spotting. I was bleeding. And um, that sort of concerned us. Again, we didn't really know or understand that um, if I look at it now, I'm like, that was quite normal. I was fine and mm-hmm. she was fine. We went into the hospital the next day because um, I'd mentioned it to my midwife and we got the baby's you know, heartbeat and everything checked. And then because of the amount of blood I described, they were like, oh, we're worried about placenta rupture. Of course. Um, yeah. So yeah, so off to the next big hospital. And sorry, you're no longer <laughs> under our care because you're no longer considered low risk. And yeah, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I was just in shock from that moment on. Um, yeah, even if you tell yourself that you've mentally prepared for things going a different way, you haven't really. Like there was nothing mm-hmm. that could prepare me for that. Um, so off we went to Tweed Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I said to hubby, I was like, oh, we should probably duck home and grab a bag or something, you know, just in case, because um, we thought we were just going up there for a check. Um, mm. And, yeah, we did that. We went home, grabbed our things, went off to the hospital. Um, now, the times are a little bit sketchy for me here because the day is a bit of a blur, but we, yeah, got up there sort of around lunchtime. Um, by the time the obstetrician came in, she, um, you know, talked to me a bit. Um, they put the monitors on my belly 
and they didn't do we didn't do any like vaginal examinations or anything um she didn't even ask she just talked me through stuff and then she said look um yeah we're concerned about placenta rupture and you um you won't be going home were her exact words I you, just um, hate that language you <laughs> be going on I know I I look at it now and it, I, I just seethe on the inside um it's yeah. just yeah it's horrific that yeah. I was I didn't know that I could have just gone well yes I am yes I am out. thanks for that yeah. um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so she said that and she's like, look, you have a choice. We can either, you know, um, induce you, break your waters um, today or we can wait overnight. You can stay overnight um, Mm -hmm. and we can see, you know, if you go into uh, spontaneous labor. And I'm sitting there with my husband. I was like, oh, my husband can't stay because of this, you know, silly rule. Bullshit, Um, COVID shit. Yeah, so he can't stay. So I don't want to be on my own overnight. I don't want him to have to come back up. We kind of... We were just in shock again. And to be honest, we were both a bit impatient. We're like, oh, you know, just break my waters. It's like the better option. We had no idea. Um, But that's what we chose. And so a couple of hours later, she came in um, and they started the procedure. Like, so she, yes, you know, ruptured my, the membrane. And um, how was that for you? Did that hurt? No, it didn't hurt. It just was like, oh, a lot of water came flooding out. (laughs) I felt everything released out of my body. So no, it didn't, it didn't hurt. Um, She was, I mean, I don't know what she did to make it not hurt or whether it was just me or what. I have no idea, but it was, I was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have any, anything else. Like they didn't give me Pitocin or anything. Um, I didn't even have a drip. I had nothing attached to me. Um, They put, yeah. So, so that was really good in that nothing was happening, you know, um, that I wasn't aware of. That's super unusual Um, in a hospital. Yeah, they, they definitely put the, um, what's the thing they put in your arm in case they need to hook you up? Oh, yeah. So, so they did yeah, do that. So they had, they yeah. had that ready in case mm-hmm. that nothing was hooked up. So I was free to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, lab, uh, like natural, like not natural, labor started instantly um, mm-hmm. after they um, ruptured my membrane and um, it was on. Like, yeah, definitely no warm up there. No, um, yeah, it was crazy. Um, and it was, I couldn't catch my breath. I remember, oh, that's right. So they were struggling to keep, I have had a, quite a small belly. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're struggling to keep the, you know, the monitors on my belly. So they yeah. said to me, they need to put the one um, attached to her head. So, oh no. Yeah. So I didn't even know about that. Um, that meant I could no longer go in the shower or do any, like any kind of water release stuff. Um, not Horrible. that that really mattered. It was more the fact that they were attaching this thing to her head. They um, screw it into the top of her head, right? I I know. It they don't tell added, you that added, at the time. Oh, no, they told me. But yeah, they yeah, also depends, told me that yeah. that's what they had to do. Like, yeah. And, again, I had no idea. Um, and When you yeah, said you had a small belly, were you really fit? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a small person. Um, I wouldn't say I was really fit compared to what I used to be like my yeah. standard of fit was yeah not, yeah but no I think just I had yeah I, I had a really tight belly um before yeah. I got pregnant with same her. as my sister-in-law she never got really big she was like yeah. tiny she was just really small yeah. belly small and she's belly. pretty fit. yeah yeah yep so um yeah and it just kept sliding off also this yeah. is where she is like you know when they're really down in your pelvis exactly. like your belly's such a weird shape it just doesn't work it's exactly most, with all our modern technology surely they could come up with a 
not that but, I want them to now anyway, but you know what I mean. But if you're in hospital, better than uh, screwing something yeah. into your baby's head. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they did that. Um, contractions are coming hard and fast. They, you know, in, within a short period of time, they were like 30 seconds apart. It was just insane. And I had horrific back labor. Um, so they asked me if I wanted the water injections, which I said, yes, I'll take them. Um, so I got them. They say it's instant, but I was in that much pain from head to toe at that point that I, I couldn't tell whether it worked or not. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was strong. Um, I ended up getting up onto the bed. Um, so no position was working. I couldn't, I couldn't catch my breath. I was really like, and by this stage, I was so in my head and I don't even want to repeat what the voice inside my head was telling me <laughs> um, that I, I just couldn't calm down. And I was very, um, very stuck. Yeah, and I was not not prepared for any of it. Yeah. Um, and Have you thought about labor much, or have you kind of gone into it a bit oblivious? No, look, I had. I had thought about it a lot, and I'd listened to so many podcasts. Um, I'd done hypnobirthing. Yeah. I, you know, um, I think hypnobirthing for me gives you a complete false sense of security, though. How about you? I completely agree. I completely like, agree. Is just this flower going to be opening? And when it started happening the first time for me, I was like, what the fuck is this? This is so intense. <laughs> There's no flower opening. I can't handle this. I know. And I think it really spoke to a lack of knowledge about myself in that kind of space and how quickly I would go into my, um, how I deal with trauma. Yeah, and because exactly. I was instantly in trauma, um, I just shut down and the, the horrible voice that tells me, you know, how useless I am and horrible thing like mm. even to the point of like you at least I was telling myself how um useless I was and I couldn't even bring my baby into the world and mm. you know and so that just shocked me in the moment and kind of left me almost paralyzed and just yeah. not able to um then shake that and yes. so it was yeah so I honestly don't know if there was much I could have done because it was what was going on inside of my head and you know, it was like the not- mental work that you could have done in the pregnancy, but you obviously didn't know. You didn't know. Same as me. I I went in with like this, I'd done a lot of research, but again, it's about, oh, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Like embodying it. And yeah, I I went in really naive that it was just going to be really quite easy. Yeah. Same. And And because my body, those people that don't handle it, they're kind of, I don't know. I thought I was more prepared than I was and I hadn't done enough research into what the actual medical interventions were and meant that I have to own um, because I honestly didn't think it would happen. I, my body, I've always been natural. I've always healed from everything really quickly. Mm -hmm. I am so connected in every other way to my body. I can like, you know, to the point where I've mentally healed, you know, torn muscles and things like that just by Mm -hmm. focusing on it and, um, yeah, as crazy as that sounds but that's so I had that full confidence and trust that I'd had the most incredible pregnancy mm-hmm. um you know even the nausea and that like it was tough but it was just to me it was yeah. like oh that's uh, both things that I'm doing and just a natural part of growing a little human yeah. it takes a lot out of you in this modern world um yeah. so yeah so it really was the mental game which I don't think um obviously the situation that I was in was aggravating it and brought it on yeah. Um, and definitely if that hadn't have happened, I don't think I would have been as bad in that space. Mm-hmm. But um, but at the same time, nothing could have prepared me for my own internal dialogue. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And I look back at the photos of my first birth and yeah. for a while I just couldn't look at them because I just saw me so mm-hmm. um I just remember thinking that like, I look so weak that I feel like I'm just losing my shit. I was crying I just kept crying going yeah. kind of someone saved me from this and I wasn't in my yeah. power and then obviously my yeah. second birth was completely opposite I was like owning it and yeah. allowing yeah. it but yeah. yeah it was painful to look at me so helpless like yeah Do you feel a I... bit helpless or not I felt eventually, yeah, afterwards, in the moment, um, I was, like, I almost went lost consciousness, like, mental consciousness, not, like, you know, passed out or anything. I lost mental consciousness, and I blacked out a lot of it. It took me months and months and months, almost well over a year to fully remember what had happened, Mm, Um, and I only had a two-hour and ten-minute labor. Yeah, that's not a very long time to forget (laughs) but I my body was just like brain was like no you can't you can't deal with this um I'm gonna black it out so yeah so eventually I got up onto the bed and I was lying sideways and that was really um the only position I could kind of get comfortable in um and Mm -hmm. took a bit of pressure off and they then offered me the gas which um I took and it was only to regulate my breathing because I just couldn't get my breathing under control and being able to like count the breaths in and count them out which obviously if I'd had someone there that knew how to support me through that I probably wouldn't have needed that but it just you know and I had it on the lowest setting um again still a massive regret but I just it was at the time what I I took yeah Yeah. um and it did get my breathing under control so for that I was grateful for so then next minute again time is really blurry this is probably within the last sort of half an hour before she was born Mm -hmm. um they got me on my back legs up in the spirit um strapped in and no explanation maybe they did and I don't remember I don't know um husband was there he was great through all of this but at the same time he didn't really know what was going on so he couldn't sort of stop and question them or anything um yeah he was just kind of going with my lead and I wasn't leading so um yeah so I ended up in this in the spirit um and they yeah oh they did um, an examination and I was apparently about five centimeters dilated um Mm -hmm. and then yeah about 20 minutes later I was fully dilated um and they were like right you you can go now yeah 20 minutes like that's all that it took all it took yeah um you can go now and so I was yeah ready to um and I would say push in this because I was not um bearing down I was definitely pushing (laughs) and um there yeah and it was horrible so I sort of came to at this point like I said I'd lost a bit of um mental consciousness and I came to and there was the lights were blaringly on I've got my legs up in the air there's a a woman you know who I knew was the opposition but she's like right at my vagina um hubby's on my left side and there was like a whole bunch of other midwives and a male doctor standing there with like this thing in his hand that I learned was ready to do an episiotomy bloody um and Again, whether they talked to me about it or whatever, I don't know because um, I have no memory of it. But I was like, well, don't need that. Um, and fortunately, the obstetrician sort of stepped in at that point and said, no, she's good to go. Um, we don't need to, to give her that. I love that. Um, it was the obstetrician saying she's good to go rather than yourself that stopped him. I, I know. And um, it, <laughs> I'm so grateful that she did, though. And anyway, yes, so sure. um, 
they're telling me that baby's heart rate is dropping really, really heavily at this point and we need to get her out as quickly as possible. Um, I'm trying, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm trying to push her out. Um, mind, and I also haven't mentioned that I've got a tear, a labral tear in my right hip. So mm -hmm. that's a little cartilage in your hip. Um, tiny thing, but it causes a lot of pain all the time. And being mm -hmm. in that position and trying to push was just excruciating. I could imagine um, it's the worst enough, even if you haven't got that <laughs> compared to... Yeah, so I was really struggling to get back. And again, head to toe pain. Um, and she... At one point, she's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to check you because um, Bubba's not, like, you know, not coming down and, like, just seems strange that she's not. She's like, oh, your cervix is kind of, you know, coming back and forth and it's preventing her from getting past. Um, so she's like, I'm just going to hold it back and, you know, in the next push and, and you can, it'll hopefully help Bubba's head come past. Hold what back, um, sorry? The lip, like my cervix. Oh, your cervix, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so at the time, so I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Please, come inside my <laughs> Roaring, um, man, the F-bombs I dropped in that one were pretty intense. Mm. Um, and so she did that. And ironically, because I was in so much pain, I couldn't even tell where my vagina was. I had no idea where I was pushing to. I couldn't tell head from toe. And when she did that, I was like, oh, okay, there's my vagina. <laughs> That's where I'm bearing down to. Let's go. So oddly enough, it did make a difference, but not in the way that she said it would. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so then they, her head sort of came out um, and they're like, right, she's stuck. Um, we're going to have to use the forceps. <sighs> so I'm uh, not the forceps, sorry. The, um, the ventus. Yeah. So the they vacuum. put that on her little, the vacuum, put that on her little head and one pull and one push from me and she was out. Thank goodness. Um but again, all things that I look at now and go, I did have a choice and I could have spoken up, but two things, their language made me feel like they just told me what needed to happen. Mm -hmm. um, they did not want to ask or consult me or give me information and say, hey, these are your choices. Um, and I also was not in any mental headspace to advocate for myself, which exactly. I don't think any women are in that state. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a complete you know, bullshit liar that they tell us this thing called yeah. informed consent. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so she was born, she flew out into the world. Um, so, and, yeah, I don't, I think maybe the obstetrician caught her. I couldn't because I was in a very difficult stirrups. position. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they put her on me. Um, I stayed in the stirrups till the placenta was born. Um, and then they had to stitch me up because I tore. Yeah. So they, um, they stitched me up and yeah, and that was all happening, but I was oblivious to that. I don't even remember the placenta being born. Um, I think they asked me if I wanted to do something with it, but I was just like, no, like get it out of here. I was really disconnected at that point. Um, mm. And I had my baby on me and I remember them putting her up there on my chest and I just looked at her and I was like, I was expecting that overwhelming rush of oxytocin and love that, you know, I had heard everyone else talk about and I was mm -hmm. so excited to experience and feel and it was nothing. But mm -hmm. what I felt and what I had was just this knowing, like I looked at her and I said, Oh, hi you. Like, I know you. <laughs> and there was just this like real, like, cool, we got this. We're, we're together, you know, and it was just, it was a really interesting, but beautiful little moment. But um, yeah, but I didn't get any of that glorious rush of oxytocin or anything which you know breaks my heart to this day mm. and um yeah and then I think Harvey they let the cord drain 
um, which was good. I'm glad that they didn't, you know, cut that too soon. He cut mm-hmm. the cords. Um, she did the breast crawl, little oh. champion that she is. She yeah. did it so well and it was so amazing to watch and watching my colostrum like leak out as, as my boobs are waiting for her. To, you know, oh, so gorgeous. Yeah, that was really beautiful. Um, and yeah, we ended up staying the night there because it was so late and I just didn't, um, couldn't really walk or anything. I was really sore and tired. Yeah. And so husband went home because he wasn't allowed to stay um, and he came back in the morning. How was that to, spending the night by yourself? Um, look, I think I ended up spending most of I was awake the whole night. Yeah. Slept beautifully. Uh, there was so much adrenaline and yeah. I was so, like, it was crazy. Um, yeah, like, it was, it was okay. It was sad. Like, I hated that he wasn't there. But I think mm. I ended up spending most of the night talking to my sister who's in New Zealand about what had happened. She's a couple of hours ahead. So, you know, oh, that's nice. that, was, um, that was good. But... Yeah, he came back in the morning. Um, they wanted to keep us in for multiple days. And I was like, no, no, we're good. We'll go home. We've got the midwife team down there that'll come and see us every day. Um, she's fine. Like, she's healthy. I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, we're, we're going to go home. And so they quickly rushed through what they their tests and things. And they're like, no, oh, we normally do this. And we normally stay and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's good. I'm going home. Yeah, thank you. Goodbye. So, yeah, I'd stepped back into my power somehow at that point. Yeah. And um, yeah, so off we went home with this tiny little little bean. And, How big was um, she? She was just over three kilos, so 3.05. So okay. she was, you know, yeah, perfect little size. Yeah. Um, yep. And yeah, and she was great. Um, but then we got home, um, started the breastfeeding journey. That was tough because she we actually struggled a lot with it um her latch seemed to be really good but then I quickly discovered with red raw nipples that no it wasn't Mm. (laughs) um so the next couple of days were midwives coming and visiting to try and help me with that um and unfortunately one of the midwives who I'd never met before um was really fixated on getting me to get the right position and that I had to do it a certain way Mm. all the rest of it and I just remember looking down at winter and thinking your mouth's really small and my nipples are really small. The latch she's trying to explain just, you just don't open your mouth like that. Like I just don't think this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when I told her that, she's like, no, 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 that's not what it is. Um, you know, you just need to practice. So anyway, next few days was spent me trying to get this perfect latch that had been described to me. And I just, it was horrible. I was, you know, in tears and my nipples were cracked and bleeding and it was awful. And then eventually I was just like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to do it my way and we're going to figure this out. And we did. I don't can't quite remember what I did, but I just kind of managed to feed, according to her, the very opposite exactly. of what they were telling me. Follow your intuition, what was right for you guys. That's it. And, um, and miraculously it worked. Yeah. <laughs> that. Um, so eventually I healed and we started, but my supply never really came in with her. Um, I breastfed for nine months until I was pregnant with brother number two mm-hmm. um my supply was always really low she was constantly hungry um because we and we had to cluster feed for almost nine months it was really challenging but I pushed through because I was like no we're gonna I can do this mm-hmm. um and it's you know I put it down to all of the trauma there was a lot of stress going on we didn't have you know we were living in a single bedroom in my dad's house we were there was so much there was a lot going on so I can't blame a single thing um and I certainly don't blame my body or my baby it was just we just didn't have a really good start to 
into it all. That makes sense. Yeah. So what I did through that, again, I was being recommended different things like come to do this, do that. And I just, I sat with it and I was like, no, I, I think my body just needs a break. Like mm-hmm. by the time we get to the afternoon, I'm exhausted. We've just been cluster feeding all day. And I really think my body needs um, a break. So I added in a bottle of formula around that five o'clock switching hour time. Um, she would have a full belly. She was happy. She'd go to sleep mm-hmm. and my body would rest for a couple of hours. And sure enough, my milk supply would be back up beautifully. Um, and mm-hmm. it made all the difference. And I only had to do that for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So by doing that for a couple of weeks, I was able to then reintroduce that feed. Um, yeah. She never had any issues going from bottle to boob. Yeah. Um, I guess that's an unusual yeah. story though, because usually yeah. what would happen is you're yeah. interview- introducing formula, then your supply reduces because yeah. that's replacing the milk. Exactly. And I think, look, it was a matter of just me just fully knowing my body. And also I didn't have any, fix- I wasn't fixated on an outcome. I was yeah. just like, I have to do this. And whatever mm-hmm. comes of it, whichever direction we go, I, at the end of the day, I want a baby who's being fed. And um, also it's about your mental health as well. If you're yeah. feeling exhausted and tired, you need to do what's right for you because if you're not feeling good, then baby's not good, right? Exactly. And I had really bad postnatal depression um, exactly, and yeah. anxiety and all of that stuff. So I was trying to reduce any factors that were contributing. Yeah. And looking after you is the most, I mean, it sounds to me like you just went into that pregnancy and birth. Like there was a lot going on for you <laughs> to like three, three countries, was it? Um, yeah. You just yeah. met your husband. You got married in that time, did you? We got married when she was two months old. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. you were like. Yeah. are you planning a wedding as well you're like no we, we eloped and it was okay, amazing eloped. so yeah, yeah it was very simple almost like zero planning it was brilliant oh nice good <laughs> yeah. but so, yeah, yeah that's a lot happening it's like a fast forward yeah. button on your life right <laughs> it really was it was chaotic but uh but she was a little trooper and I feel like she was the baby that she's like mom I'm strong enough I can handle this we're gonna yeah. We'll go through it together and you watch, I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. so then you fell pregnant shortly after the nine-month mark, was it? Yeah, no, I fell pregnant when she was seven months. Okay. Um, yeah, so or seven and a half months thereabouts. Um, not planned. And uh, how crazy is that again? You said you had no contraception for all those years and then suddenly bang. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Um, and she... Yeah, so we hadn't planned and we were just, you know, like we, um, I'd gotten my period back at eight weeks postpartum um, um, and we picked up our sex life straight sort of where we left it off, Amazing. Um, which was, you know, and that, again, that's unique. That's me and my husband and that's just what but I also wanted. you had your period back. Like for me, yeah. I yeah. never got my period back until like, I don't know, after two years for both of my kids. Yeah. Yeah. And so my sex drive wasn't there because you're not having those hormones, the cycle, because you're not ovulating. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And to be honest, like I got a sex drive back, but I still had a lot of trauma around it. So we had quite a lot of episodes where I'd kind of black out afterwards. Um, And, but what was amazing is we kept talking through it and kind of working out what was going on. And so it Mm. became a really important part of the healing process. I know that it made a difference with my prolapse in helping reduce. Oh, the, yeah. So um, can you tell me about that? You didn't mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I did have a, um, a uterine prolapse as well. Um, I still have it. What am I talking about? Um, so, yeah. So that was just 
you know what, um, why, why did you think you got that I actually had no idea um I've always had really strong floor mm. pelvic floor and all the rest of it um I really really have no idea whether it was just the intensity of the pushing mm-hmm. um, and that happened directly time. after the birth yeah yep yep mm. that was directly after um so yeah um and I went to a like a women's physio and stuff just to see what was going on because I didn't know anything about them. Um, and then, yeah, she was really good. She gave me some great pointers on how to reduce the symptoms, reassured me that it would take quite a long time to relax, to be as horizontal as possible, you know, as often as possible. Um, sip my water instead of taking big gulping guzzles and put too much pressure on my bladder so that it's not putting pressure on muscles and everything down there. And she said, and just be kind to your body because it's going to take a long time to recover. Yeah. It's just grown and stretched and now it's got to return and yeah. that takes some time. So, yeah. yeah, so I kind of just took a really relaxed approach to it, not so much to heal it, but just to not try and overthink it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and I must say, though, that having making love definitely um, decreased the symptoms and started strengthening those internal muscles yeah. in a way that no um, – exercises could do yeah, it's a kind of exercise <laughs> <So> yeah, but <laughs> it is it really is um a fun so, one at that oh it's the best <laughs> I really recommend um and so yeah so we fell pregnant accidentally um I remember the way that I knew that I was pregnant as well is um husband was at work I went to the toilet and I was like hang on my wee smells different I'm oh, pregnant wow. you knew I, didn't, away. I didn't knew <laughs> straight away and I was like oh my god so I went and got the test and I had, I was at home with Winter who was yeah, around the, you know, eight month mark. And mm-hmm. um, she was in the room, like I was in the toilet. She was opposite me looking at herself in the mirror, having fun. And I remember doing it, seeing it positive and just bursting into tears because I could just see my little baby. And I was like, oh, this is it. Like, it's not just you and me anymore. And I'm, wow. what have I done? I was definitely um, a little bit shocked. We weren't prepared mm-hmm. as much as we were excited. It was still overwhelming. Yeah, it's um, pretty soon after. And especially because you said you had the postnatal depression and everything. That's big. Yeah. Yeah. And we still didn't, you know, um, have a plan as to our life and what we, where mm. we're going to be. Like life was still very um, up in the air. But yeah. we very quickly pulled it together. We moved to Jindabyne. Mm-hmm. Um, that pregnancy, the first trimester, I, um, yeah, it was fine. I didn't have any nausea this time. Um, yeah, I just felt really tired because I had mm-hmm. a little, not, you know, little bubba still um, with yeah. breastfeeding. And um, and we were also putting doing paperwork for my husband's partnership visa. So, yeah, yeah so no issues there. Um, we moved down here and yeah the journey began for just scout pregnancy and birth <laughs> yeah okay let's go into that so did you have an idea from the start of how you wanted to do things differently or did that evolve throughout the pregnancy I knew how I wanted to do things differently I knew maybe not the how I knew what I wanted to do differently mm-hmm. and I knew why yeah. um and but to be honest yeah I had no idea as to how because the things I'd tried before it didn't seem to kick in. I, I was definitely stressed about my own mental state and I knew that was what I had to focus on. Mm. But again, I didn't know what that looked like and, and, and how I would achieve that. Mm-hmm. So we arrived down here um, around 13 weeks mm-hmm. and I had no idea what the medic, like what the, what was available birthing wise down here. Mm-hmm. Again, I still didn't know anything about free birth. Mm-hmm. 
And so I got down here, I called the hospital and said, Hey, just moved into town. How does this all work? What is, what do you guys offer? Mm -hmm. Um, And she's like, Oh, we just, um, it's um, GP obstetrician shared care for your um, prenatal care. Um, And then, you know, we've got the team of midwives here. You rock up to the hospital on the day and you birth your baby. Mm -hmm. you don't even have like meetings or like visits with your midwives the people who are going to help you through labor so I was like I felt like I'd stepped backwards and I was in this archaic system and I was like oh my goodness so I got off the phone and was just in tears and was like what have we done like this is awful (laughs) yeah um and anyway I booked the appointment with the doctor and started the process of setting up you know the care and um Mm -hmm. I still didn't quite follow it the way they wanted me to but um yeah went off and had the um the 20 week scan and all those things Mm -hmm. um and I went I went to the obstetrician I booked that oh that's right I'd seen there was a midwife that came to town once a week so I could meet up with her if I needed to Mm -hmm. so I went and had a meeting um with her and I call it a meeting because it really is like (laughs) you know that's what it's like so she was lovely and we had this chat and I revealed all this depression and all the stuff that I had and that became the focus and she was like okay you really need some support and help I'm going to check in with you like you know regularly um we're going to put you know talk to the doctor we're going to get you to see a some professionals blah 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 yeah. so we started that process I never heard from her again no no that's so bad I thought you were going to say she really looked after you no, she did in the moment, and I think once she handed me over to the doctor, she thought that was it, and I was off to see a psychologist, and all would be well. But oh, I was like, no. fortunately, that was the best thing she could have done for me. But um, if I had been relying on that, like, wow, that oh. talk about duty of care and failure there, like <sighs> it was just her- it's horrific. So, so I'm trying to you know get my mental state um, under control and and you know and shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go off to the obstetrician um, and she's this lovely lady, of, you know, I, I say that, but um, she, yeah, we had the standard appointment. We're going through and she's like, okay, so next appointment, you'll need to have had all your blood tests. You'll need to have your um, gestational diabetes test, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, about that. I said, I'm, I'm going to opt for the blood test. She's uh-huh. like, what do you mean? I said, I'm not, I'm not doing the drink. I'm not doing the fasting thing. Like uh-huh. I... I didn't do that for winter and I'm not doing that for this pregnancy either. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, oh, you have to. I said, no, I don't have to. Um, <laughs> I said, I don't have to. And she's like, oh, well, with winter, that was just because of COVID. They just weren't doing them. I said, no, no, no. I really know that I do not have to do this and that if you really want to know something, a blood test will suffice. And she, she tried to give me all the stats on why that doesn't show it up and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, I said, okay. And I just left it at that and walked out knowing that I would not be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that kind of left me on a sour note. And I just, cause you know, you have all the chats with them and they say, oh yeah, we're all for like natural birth. And we, we just stand oh, in the yeah. background and we let you do your thing. And the moment I had that chat, like when she said that, I was like, Mm-mm, this is not right. And I drove, <laughs> yeah, I drove home. So that's like Puma, which is 45 minutes away. That's where the hospital is. So I drove mm-hmm. home. And listening to um, a podcast, sadly, it wasn't one of yours. Actually, no, it was. I remember it was one of the, um, I can't remember the girl's, the woman's name, but she was talking about postpartum hemorrhage. Oh, yeah, Um, Natalie Reed. Natalie, yes. Yeah. So I was listening to Natalie and um, had my own thoughts going. And in my head, I was like, um, 
yeah, because I haven't talked about how I found out of it free birth. I'll come back to that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, after hearing or chatting with the obstetrician, I was like, I am going to spend the rest of this pregnancy and my labor and birth fighting. Like, yeah. how is that natural? How is that healthy? This exactly. is all wrong. I should not at any point in time, should I have to go home and research and learn in a short period of time as much as what a medical doctor and a nurse and a midwife and an obstetrician know? Exactly. Why should I have to go and arm myself with all this information mm-hmm. and spend my entire pregnancy preparing to fight exactly. for my rights? Exactly. Rice my, it just it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, no, this is not right. Or um, I could just or, um, follow my intuition. Imagine that. <laughs> Which... Imagine that do what millions of women have done for thousands of years yeah um yeah so but fortunately just before that I had actually heard Emily Lull I think that's how you say her last name yeah Lull I I had heard her birth story and that was my introduction to free birth and that just you know that sparked a fire in me and she's um, so awesome yeah and just knowing that that was a possibility and I started um you know, that coinciding with that appointment um, mm-hmm. made me go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So to present it to my husband, <laughs> um, who I knew would be a little bit skeptical, yeah. um, I said, look, we're 45 minutes from the hospital. I have really fast birth. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have this baby on the side of the road. So how about we prepare um, to birth at home in case I go into labor quickly? And, mm-hmm. you know, so in my head, I'm like, I'm going to free birth, but this is how I'll present it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then obviously as time went on I was like no I really need to be honest with him and get him on board properly um Mm -hmm. you know try and help get him on board so yeah so we started down the free birth um I also cancelled any future appointments that I had with um any doctors GPs I opted for a wild pregnancy from that point on um, and I literally had no more interference at all from that (laughs) point on so that was at about 22 weeks um, um question there yeah. so I hear yeah. I see this all the time on the um forums like I want to yeah. cancel my care but I'm worried like they might try and follow me up and blah 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 blah, blah. what happened in your situation did they ever try and call you again or you'd cancel it, um, canceled it I I just cancelled it I mean you speak to the receptionist I didn't have to speak to the doctor I didn't have to explain yeah. um yeah. she's like oh do you want to read book and I was like no thank you I'll call if I need to um yeah. and that was it I didn't do anything. I didn't tell anyone what I was doing. I didn't, I was like, yeah. I don't need to explain. Like, exactly. This is not, you do not own me and you do not own my body, my process, my anything. And exactly. I don't need to explain. In fact, if I explain, that's probably going to raise alarm bells and then you follow exactly. certain procedures and protocol. Whereas if I just fly under the radar, let's see how much you really mm-hmm. follow up on your patients and their care. Um, exactly. I got you don't one need phone- permission. <laughs> No, you don't at all. Um, I got one phone call at 41 weeks. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't know who it was from, so I actually didn't pick it up. Um, and they left a message saying, oh, you're now overdue. Could you please call us urgently? And that was it. I never called them. And that was all I ever got. <laughs> they, never, they don't even know that I had the baby. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I just, yeah, I just left. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Out. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Like you say, mm-hmm. you can either fight the system or you can just leave it and do it yourself. And I keep seeing this the same with COVID, you know. We yep. can fight the system to keep our jobs or whatever. And, you know, I guess there is merit in that. Or we can just go over here and do our own thing and create our own jobs and, you know, work I'm, differently. I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, completely agree. But why resist? 
Mm-hmm. What is yep. it? What you resist persists or something? I don't yep. know what the science It really, is. it really does, and it just, it just plays into their, um, their rules and their. Um, well, you're accepting you know. their rules if you keep yep. resisting. Exactly. You're exactly. Like, oh, okay. Accept your rules, but I want it to be this way. But no, yeah, you've already accepted them by resisting. Just need exactly. to do something else over here. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Okay. That was it. Oh, it's easy. Yep. So you were listening to Emily's podcast. Um, yeah. So how did you first hear about free birth? What? Yeah. So I heard that on another on another podcast on yours, and then yeah. I actually reached out to her and yeah. said, "Hey." Because I was struggling to find, like, you can't Google free birth and come up with all the resources you need yes. at all. You come up with the exact opposite. So yeah. I knew not to even bother. So I just yeah. thought I'll just reach out to her and um, yeah. to Emily. Her. Yep. Yep. And just say, like, you know, can you direct me? Um, help yeah. me. I I don't know anything about this. Um, I know I can do it, but yeah. yeah. Um. So we ended up having a. I had a quick chat with her on the phone, and then we had like a just an hour and a half consultation. Mm-hmm. Um. And um, she, yeah, and that was partially for my husband as well to help him understand like how it worked and how, mm-hmm. you know, what was okay. And he was more worried about um, if things, you know, if I did hemorrhage or because I was a really heavy bleeder with winter. Like I bled yeah. very intensely. I didn't hemorrhage, but I was, it was a lot of blood and it mm-hmm. lasted for weeks. Um, so he was just a bit worried about that. Yeah. Um, he wanted to know, you know, what do I do with a nuchal cord? What, how do I cut the cord? Like he just wanted to know all the things because he's like, I'm going to be the person. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so, so I respected that. And I thought, well, I know how my husband's mind works. I know yeah. how he, what he needs in order to feel comfortable with something mm-hmm. that, you know, it's not innate for him. It's mm-hmm. innate for me. Yes. Um, and I can't expect him to just follow along. That's not who we are and how we work. So, yeah. and I, um, I knew that regardless of whether he came on board, I'd be doing it, but yep. I wanted to share that experience with him in a positive sure. way and not yeah. it not be another tension. Yeah. So, yeah, so we did that. Um, Emily was great. She talked yeah. him through, obviously, the physiology of the birth. Um, she, yeah, it was just really great. And she went through and reassured him and we got off the phone. He went, cool, we're free birthing. Like, yeah, it nice. Just, it was instant. So that was beautiful. Um, and yeah and then basically all I did to I don't even like the word prepare all I did was just keep listening to you your podcast and yeah. free birth society yeah. um awesome and that was it and I just started following some really beautiful accounts um from you know on Instagram that were all like women empowerment and stepping into your sovereignty and I knew so it, it led me down the path of really healing myself in so many other ways and it was yeah. so much more than just free birthing absolutely um, isn't it opens you yeah. up to a whole new world a way of being right yeah and it, it was coincided perfectly with all the stuff that's going on with you know COVID in that yeah. I, was, I was able to something I've never had was this strength of like ha- having my own voice I've actually spent mm-hmm. years of therapy on feeling like I physically can't speak mm-hmm. um sometimes and it gave me my voice or not gave me it helped me find my voice yeah. and release that so so it was really I feel like that's a whole nother podcast yeah <laughs> on its own but yeah it was just amazing it was yeah. everything I needed it to be this baby knew what I needed um yeah. and she was determined to make it happen I feel like that's why we ended up here where we did where there was access to nothing yeah you know, to, make, to make me sort of half step into it it was like all or nothing and yeah. um yeah it was brilliant so yeah so that's that's kind of all I did was just listen to you guys and that's awesome a variety of women and just was like oh my god I 
wish I could meet every single one of you. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Yeah. How powerful are stories, women's stories, and just connecting oh. with other women. And, you know, obviously in this yeah. day and age, it's so cool. We can do it by a podcast. No, no, it's amazing. Um, okay, so the third trimester, well, not second and third trimester, were fairly uneventful then after you said goodbye to yeah. the care. Um, mm-hmm. And you went quite a bit more over with this babe because your first babe was how many weeks so winter was 39 and three and winter as scout was 41 and four that's actually I mean look it's obviously just a variation of normal but you know you never say we have have my babies at this many weeks and you were um had your waters broken as well the first yeah so I never know with winter when how long it could have gone for but yeah I think what I found really interesting so I hit I was doing really well I thought she was going to come early because we'd had three different like estimated dates Mm -hmm. um and I thought she'd come early had all I started getting Braxton Hicks from about 35 weeks actually um and every single day like it was strong and so I was like oh man and I had again we had sex um you know sort of almost weekly <laughs> leading up yeah. to it um and it, that would bring on really strong contractions mm-hmm. um but they were all yeah it always just sort of eased off and again body was prepping so the whole thing about what do they call it prodormal labor yeah yep. I'm like mm, that can actually go for weeks not just yep. like I yep. really know that I was technically laboring that entire time yeah um and that's just clearly I'd been doing the same with winter so clearly that's how my body likes yep. to prep and then you have um, like a really fast labor. Very fast labor. So, yeah. yeah, so I got to 40 weeks and was definitely had a couple of days of like, oh, I don't really want this baby out. And I was uncomfortable with Scout. I was a lot bigger. Um, mm-hmm. I had a lot more fluid retention. I also had a 17-month-old who was oh, just, wow. you know, like she's adorable but handful. And so I was mm-hmm. so physically tired. Yeah. Um, but I also knew I had lots more to do. Um, I was like, she's not coming because I clearly there's stuff I have to do emotionally and mentally um, yeah. before she'll arrive. She knows yeah. um, what I need. So I kept trying to work through that and had some beautiful light bulb moments. Um, and then, yeah, the next on the 41 and 4, um, she, yeah, my husband made love again um, before he had to go to work. And then the contraction started. Um, so this time I didn't have any mucus plug release or anything. Um, the contractions just started and they were, again, I didn't know that I was in labor. I just was like, oh, this could be another warm up. Don't get too ahead of yourself. Just mm-hmm. see how it plays out. So he went off to work. My sister-in-law came up to help me look after winter because um, the contractions were too strong for me to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was at 2.30. Um at 5.30, uh, 5.20, I do remember the time on my phone, at 5.20, uh, just before that, oops, yeah. who's going to start? You're going to say hello. Um, I want to hear the birth story. <laughs> this is about me, Mama. Um, she, yeah, so at 5.20, I, my husband rang and he's like, how are you going? And I said, I really want you to come home. And that wasn't because I thought I was, it was going to happen. I just really wanted him there. Yeah. So obviously, deep down, I knew that it was going to yeah. happen, but my um upper voice not my lower voice was saying um yeah I just want him home and then um so he's like okay I'll be home at about 10 past six is that that enough and I was like yeah that's fine like that'll give us plenty of time um and then literally 10 minutes later um the next like the contractions changed completely 
it was on. I was like, oh, here we go. I remember these, like these are the big ones. So I've shifted, at this time I was leaning over the bench in the kitchen, just like that felt really comfortable. Um, I had on the free affirmations track from Free Birth Society, which I absolutely love. Like I hate affirmations. I hate all that stuff normally doesn't work, but for some reason her voice and what she says just hit me right at the core. So I had that on and it was just amazing writing every third with what she was saying and I was like yep this is beautiful and brilliant um and so I moved to the floor on the in the lounge room um and just kind of was leaning on the cat the seat of the couch um and I felt her drop into my pelvis on mm-hmm. the next contraction and I was like and by this time I'd started roaring like I was just like that's kind of how I have my babies I'm yeah. not quiet I think calm. most women do <laughs> And so I'm roaring through these ones and really, you know, like bellowing into the, into the couch. Um, and I said on the next contraction, I said to Eva, my sister-in-law, I was like, you need to ring Ren and get him home now. Yeah. Um, she's like, okay. So she rang him. He's like, I'm just around the corner. So as he was coming home, I went into the bathroom because I needed to, I was like, right, I've got to empty my bowels. I'm, I'm <laughs> this is yeah. happening. Yeah. So I went in, um, he walked through the door just as I'm, you know, doing a beautiful big poo. Um, yeah. So glamorous. And um, <laughs> so he walked through, like, okay. And he's like, I could hear you down in the, you know, in the car park. <laughs> um, we live in an apartment building. Yeah. So it was quite loud. And then next one, yeah, it was the next contraction. I stood up felt it um you know sort of roared my way through it and at that's when my waters and mucus uh, waters broke and mucus plug all came out at once mm-hmm. um so then he had to like try and clean that up so I wouldn't flip over next one or two contractions I turned around and um was facing into the bathroom and I said to him oh I think I want to hop in the shower um so he turned the shower on and I was like <laughs> the next contraction I was like oh no no I can feel her head and I literally yes felt down her little head had popped out and I could feel the like this beautiful furry hair that she had and (laughs) um and he's like okay I'm gonna get the phone and I'll video (laughs) so he's like put the phone down and in the next contraction she shot out like it was literally I would have to say my like active labor was 20 minutes it was just amazing oh it was incredible and she literally shot out and we both I kind of I remember grabbing the top of her and he kind of did the big catch, you know, because um, mm-hmm. I was in this weird semi-standing, semi-squatting, like yeah. not even a position. Yeah. <laughs> just like, what? Here she comes. Here she is. <laughs> and so, yeah, so she was shot out into the world. Her cord was extremely short. Okay. So I couldn't, I the best position to like even hold her. Um, I had to sit on the floor and kind of like bend, like ride over and to get mm-hmm. her. Um, but I got her straight onto onto my boob and she latched amazingly. I've got this incredible photo of her just like on and um, we were covered in blood and I'm pretty sure there was poo everywhere and it was yeah. just, you know, we're on the puppy pads and like all the stuff that we had planned to do just yeah, didn't have time to make any of it yeah. happen. <laughs> um, and she was, yeah, covered. She didn't have, she had a little bit of vernix on her back, um, mm-hmm. but not much. She was beautifully cooked. Mm-hmm. um her color kind of kept going funny she had a bit of um like mucus and fluid and stuff from yeah. the sack still on her um so yeah. I pulled that off and just kept monitoring her um we eventually moved out to the lounge room mm-hmm. sort of been prepped to birth the placenta and I just wanted to be a bit more comfortable not sitting on the cold bathroom floor mm-hmm. um and so we went out there 
and again it was really hard because the course is so short just wow. to, yeah um, it made afterwards I was like oh now I can understand your movements in my belly because mm. and why you were doing what you were doing because mm-hmm. yeah um of that and so placenta um, I ended up taking the tincture at about a one, like um, about an hour and a half. And it mm-hmm. was only because I was just getting so sore holding her the way yeah. I was holding and no yeah. one else could really hold her because she was too close to me. And yeah. so it just was really awkward. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get stressed here. And again, that's not good for anyone. So let's just take it and see if it works. Mm-hmm. Um, sure enough, first it within a couple of minutes, um, but I was in a really weird position. Like as in, I was sitting, um, yeah, I was sitting in my legs. It was almost like I was in the syrup again. It was weird. And so yeah. the placenta came out and a little bit of the sac remained in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I could, it looked like the placenta had kind of broken apart and I went straight into my like, you know, brain and was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I don't want to go to hospital. What's wrong? What if it's, you know, some of it's retained, blah, blah, blah. So we messaged Emily, um, sent her a beautiful photo of my like hairy vagina and a placenta half hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Love it to say hey does this look okay yeah. <laughs> anyway she she kind of talked us through it and gave me some tips so eventually I kind of got in a squat position and pulled it out and it was literally just like hanging inside of me it wasn't actually that attached. seems really really common I hear so yeah. <laughs> many times where yeah the placenta they're like the placenta isn't out or whatever it's like just yeah. inside your vagina just give it a gentle yeah. kind of pull gentle pull and it yeah. fell out um and that was fine. I'm kind of glad that, again, like I think of it and go, oh, that, that knowledge now is, you know, something I can help someone else with exactly. one day. So. Someone will listen to this story and be like, oh, exactly. yeah. Um, <laughs> and also I hadn't gone to the toilet. So I realized now that I, my bladder was so full. If I'd just gone to the toilet, I probably would have burst it much easier and much mm-hmm. quicker. And um, yeah, like I just I was like, oh, that's why that was so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah so that all came out we had it in a bowl um next to Scout and I for a little while um mm-hmm. until the cord drained that took a couple of hours um, yeah. and interestingly enough her cord never went fully white yeah um and but it got to the point where like she was fine um I just I had this feeling that it was all good and I just yeah. we ended up cutting it um because I was like oh we I don't want to wait any longer the cord's too short to carry I couldn't hold her yeah, on the bus yeah, yeah. like the bowl and everything and when you cut um, it just like a little bit drizzled out it wasn't like there was actually none drizzled out so yeah, it was okay. really interesting there was like these little red spots through it but it clearly had drained and that was just kind of retained maybe in the way it was fit. I don't know it was yeah. really interesting mm-hmm. um maybe it could have drained longer if we'd done a lotus birth or something mm-hmm. but but I think a vast majority is after. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she how. did have, again, during, like, when she was still attached to her placenta, um, she did go quite purple. Um, mm. And that's oh, Sorry, go to... again. When you detached her, she went quite purple. No, no, no. When it was still attached. Oh, when it was still attached, she yeah. was quite purple. Yeah. She, okay. at one point, was really purple. And I was like, oh, you're not you're not breathing very well. So I um, sucked out some mucus and stuff from her nose um, and her little mouth. And she's mm-hmm. like within minutes, the color all came back and she was beautiful. And I wonder if that was to do with such a fast labor because yeah. she wasn't having all the um, mucus squeezed out. Yep. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I think I no, Yeah. I think you're yeah. right. And from what I've heard from other stories um, that, yeah, if they don't have the slower, more, um, 
normal <laughs> labor, <laughs> I don't like that word, but um, you know what I'm saying, uh, yeah. then yeah, they don't go through that process. And so, yeah, they're more likely to have it and you just have to help clear it, yeah. um, which I did because I'd seen how other mamas did it and I yeah. just tried and it worked. And, yeah. and I wasn't, there was no panic or fear. It was just like, no, we, we got this. Like, yeah, we, we're going to figure it out and yeah. we're going to, you know, it'll be okay. And she was and um, yeah. And so then we ended up, like a couple of hours later, we were just sitting in the lounge room eating pizza and, um, you know, oddly, that was what I wanted to eat. Yeah, um, awesome. <laughs> and yeah, and she had arrived and was healthy and we've had, um, I, oh, that's right, I did tear. So the original mm-hmm. tear that I'd had with winter tore again. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that for a couple of days because um, I didn't go near it. I just didn't feel the need to look or check. It was just like, no. yeah it'll be what it'll be absolutely um I did have a little freak out because I realized I had another prolapse Mm -hmm. so now I've got two um and it was all bulging out of me like everything and then the chair it all looked like an absolute you know chaotic scene down there (laughs) and so I definitely was feeling a bit stressed and um people like oh well do you need to go to a doctor do you need and I'm like no I really don't think I need to like I'm just going to ride this out for another day or so and see how I feel Mm -hmm. um and I was like, no, nah, I got this. So vitamin E oil, mm-hmm. and I just put that on it. Um, the tear healed beautifully on its mm-hmm. own. I didn't yeah. do any particular laying down and holding my legs together. I just yeah. went about life um, mm-hmm. with a tiny toddler and a newborn. And yes. um, yeah, and it still managed to heal. And it's definitely like it's a rough heal. Like it's mm-hmm. a, you know, I can feel it. And um, but I think I was describing it to you. I feel like it's like my little my my war wound but yeah. in a good way like it's it's my victory scar like it's yeah. it's so beautiful in that I feel like you know like I'm a viking warrior like who exactly. just went through this amazing I don't want to call it a battle but it just it feels really empowering and I'm like exactly. no that's my my branding my beautiful wound yeah, that is, I get to yeah my yeah. motherhood uh I think you called it a tattoo yeah. or something that you a get tattoo, to keep. that's yeah that's a better description um yeah it's like my my mark and marking um, to say I yeah. am mama and look what yeah. I've done I've given look birth I've done. to my baby yes. <laughs> exactly and so yeah so as soon as I kind of felt like that that's what it was then it um it changed in me as to how I viewed it and mm. um, yeah and it's all fine like I don't um my husband's gonna love me talking about our sex life but yeah three and a half weeks later I remember putting baby down and I had literally been like no don't come near me I don't I don't want anyone on my skin, you know what yeah. it's like. Uh, just yeah. Don't let me have my own body for a moment. Yeah. And I put Scout down. Winter was having her day nap and I turned around and he's on the couch and I just, it just hit me. I was like, man, this is on. So <laughs> my libido kicked in crazy. Um, we had this most amazing make love moment. And um, yeah, and the, what was so empowering about, and the reason I'm sharing that is because um, up until then, I, I have like sexual trauma from my young past as well. Okay. Um, so there was a lot of healing and stuff. This was the first time in my entire adult life that I had sex without being in my head and oh, without wow. having to, like I've always had a great sex life, but this was the first experience where it was full body and mm. it was incredible. And I was like, oh my God, that's one of the outcomes of free birthing being fully in my body so true like, oh it was just the most empowering thing it was really really beautiful and mm-hmm. um because it's yeah, the same and- kind of thing because if you're free birthing you have to kind of yeah not be in your head you're in your primal brain 
And it's really the same are. with exactly the same with sex. And I think free birth yeah. is a gift to allow you to kind of see that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, it's, and it's all related. Like it's all that, that same area and it's all connected. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, so that was really just amazing. And yeah, like you said, primal, the whole, I would describe my birth with Scout as primal and just the yeah. most, I remember um, in those really strong contractions going, oh my God, these are the same ones as winter. It's mm-hmm. that recent that I can remember. <laughs> yeah. And um, but it's amazing. Like this time I am I am doing this. And this yes. is, you know, it was just I didn't have very long time for inner dialogue, but what yeah. I had was just amazing. And I am, yeah. as you can see, grinning from ear to ear. And yeah. it was just, yeah, like just incredible. Um, oh. and I loved it, loved every moment of it. So beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, what was the difference from your first birth to your second birth mentally? Like, yeah, what headspace would you say you're in or no headspace because you were in yeah. this kind of primal brain? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, yeah I like I kept, um, I had to describe it. It was all about learning how to let go and how to just be, mm-hmm. how to stop needing all the external things and the external validation and the external input from mm. anything. Yeah. right down to the fact I remember like um my husband and, and a friend who was kind of helping like support me in the lead up to it you know what do you need and here's all these things and I was like I don't need anything yeah like this can happen on the floor it can happen you know I just love like, that so much because so you didn't do like you didn't plan to have a birth pool or anything like that nothing and I yeah, really even, thought about this way too much but it just feels like so much effort like yeah like you say you yeah. don't need anything what you need is you and yep. a private space and protection. Yep. You just need to feel safe and you just need to feel supported and loved, yeah. whether that's physically in the same space or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I actually birthed that baby on my own. My husband came in like literally and just caught her yeah. she didn't fall on the bathroom floor, but I did the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Eva was looking after winter. I yeah. was going through all the contractions. I didn't, I think at one point she helped push, put some pressure on my hip and my back. Mm-hmm. Um, for one of them and that was amazing yeah um yeah but the rest of it was all you it's all me and and you don't need like if you want those things like even then I still think you don't need them but um because you're you're then going outside of yourself I completely right? agree I met yeah. um a potential client the other day and she said oh you know what will you do in the labor like what will you you know yeah. apply pressure or do this or whatever and I said look I can do all those things but what it's it's about is me helping you understand your true power and that you don't need me you don't need anything so sure I'm more than happy to help if it feels good but I don't want you to feel like you need that or need me there no no I think for me it was um free birth and wild pregnancy was a guide for me to meet myself properly yeah it was for me to meet my power my sovereignty Mm -hmm. and then just be 100% woman yeah. you know I which requires nothing we are mm-hmm. absolutely perfect in all that we can do and what our bodies are designed or evolved whatever you believe mm-hmm. um however they became these incredible things that they are yeah. um and it's all inside and literally I always knew that my body and my baby knew how to birth themselves and that mm-hmm. my brain could just shut up and <laughs> step yeah. back yeah. and once she did that it was 
it was incredible and I got to meet the primal part of me that I'd never met before and yeah she's amazing I want to hang out with her more <laughs> exactly and like I think we're talking about this before but what an honor to go through this right now mm-hmm. in this time with like COVID yeah. bullshit going on yeah I mean sure I have my moments but I'm not afraid anymore do you know what no. I mean like if this had happened to my former self I would have had anxiety and yeah sure I still have those moments but overall I just feel so in my power I'm like nothing nobody can do is gonna affect me ultimately that's it and you also know what the truth is like it's yeah. just it it really takes away all the blinkers and the you know the rose cut like all the things that we look through mm-hmm. um that we've had put on us um and you, you know step out of the patriarchal society and step into yeah. the matriarch oh my god yeah. <laughs> that's the best thing that anyone can ever do so yeah. yes um I cannot recommend it enough and I'm a huge advocate for um for free living essentially yeah. is what I refer to it because it's not just birth it's free living yeah it's yeah, yeah. yeah like we said before like a new way of life <laughs> yeah yeah it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to ask about the breastfeeding. How was that this yeah. time? Yeah, um, brilliant. No, no challenges. Um, again, like Scout is a little bit different to Winter, obviously. Um, <laughs> she, she opens a lot more, so her latch was a lot easier. We didn't have to work it out. Um, yeah. yeah, we're fine. My milk supply is, and I had no idea what a real milk supply felt like. So it's yeah. um, incredible and um we're doing great yeah, yeah wonderful no, wonderful I honestly don't have anything to talk about with it because it's so just natural and easy oh time. that's so good and emotionally how have you felt after this pregnancy comparatively and everything yeah so I got the oxytocin the rush this yeah. time um it you know those, that first week or so was just bliss um and we had mm. this time we also had a bit of support so last time we had no support at all mm. um this time we had people dropping off meals and you know mm. a few things like that which just really made a big difference um poor hubby had to go straight back to work pretty quickly so that added a layer of stress he mm. does evening and night shift yeah um so we I'm doing the witching hour with two tiny kids on my own which mm-hmm. I must say um, it's not great. And I, no. I am, I don't have any depression. I don't have any anxiety this time. Mm. There is no, um, yeah, no mental anguish mm. at all. But what I do have, which is really interesting is really strong postpartum rage and frustration. Oh yeah. New and scary and not talked about by many people, yeah. not admitted by many people. Mm. Um, but I have some really good support people to talk through that. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you talk and, to me a bit more about that? So when you say postpartum yeah. rage, how does that manifest? What do you mean by so that? The, it's triggered by the children both crying at the mm. same time in particular. Yeah. Uh, if it's just one of them and one of them's happy, then I can handle it a lot better. Yeah. Um, but it will it's just instant. There's no warning signs. Um, yeah. It's like a volcanic eruption. I get to the point where I can't even hold scout um I can't have her on to me my body kind of shakes Mm -hmm. um it's like a physical and emotional reaction Mm -hmm. um I shame to admit it but also I'll be raw and real like I will yell at my kids I will not want to hold my newborn baby um it's really intense and really strong do do you think it is I mean I always I I could be similar um that anger which is rage essentially is change wanting to happen and 
do you feel like maybe like now that you know better you're just like raging because you know that there could be more support and you know things can be different and you're just so angry about the fact that you've got two crying children and you don't have the capacity to look after two crying children by yourself in an apartment while your husband works I mean it's fucking hard let's be honest this isn't like it was meant to be I completely agree. I think it's it's all of that plus some more. Like it is, yeah. um, it's childhood trauma. Yeah. It's yeah. it's all of the stuff that's stored in me. Um, yeah. It's anger at the world. It's anger yeah. at the situation we find ourselves in. It's anger at my, you know, my baby's never being able to meet my husband's parents or my family. Mm. Like all of we've yeah. got so much family and friends overseas. We don't have anything really here in Australia. So um, so it's been cut off. So it's anger at all of that. But it is. Um, like you said, I think overall, though, it's anger at not having that village, not having that support. And I'm so angry at the patriarchy for screwing us over for hundreds of years and leading us to this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, and- what? I'm really angry. I'm angry. <laughs> Maybe this is the right thing. But other women for yep. um, subscribing to the patriarchy, yep. including myself, yep. allowing it to happen rather than standing up and saying, this is what I'm doing. Like yeah. I'm free birthing, I'm, I'm whatever it might be, but you know. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I feel you. I'm right there. And it's, it's um, unfortunately when you're in the postpartum and like you said, you're on your own, the two people that cop it are the, the two people that trigger it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it was even my husband in ways that he wasn't attending to me. He's been amazing, but yeah. he wasn't doing exactly what I needed him to do in a moment. And I'd lose it at him. And, it, and he know, doesn't have the, just the capacity to be the village either. And no, so we're all up artist. against it. He's doing his best and you're yeah. doing your best and your kids are doing your best, but it's, yeah, yeah, creating this village that we keep talking about, but we're not quite there, mm-hmm. but yeah. let's keep going for it, hey? Yeah, we will. And look, I live in a remote area as well. Like in Ginger Barnes, I've quite a few people. I've made some amazing friends here, found a really yeah. beautiful community. Yeah. Um, but I do think there is a gift. Maybe it's, you know, my journey to go through it in a more remote regional, because I always think of women that are maybe out on farms or, mm. you know, even if they, it was available in more suburban areas, there's people out there who will never have it. And so for me, I feel like well, maybe there's something I can learn from this to help that kind of, you know, hold space for that kind of mm-hmm. lifestyle um, yeah. or people that are nomadic like we are and move mm-hmm. around a lot normally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's always gifts in anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just, my goal at the moment, I've definitely gotten um, the the rage now under control to a point where I know what's happening. I can stop it in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But it was scary for the first couple of weeks. Like it yeah. just, you know, and it's yeah. horrific to go through that. And again, it's not really talked about because we're scared of someone mm-hmm. misinterpreting what we're saying and, yeah. you know, yeah. potentially reporting us. Or, yeah. you know, it's like, no, no, you are just like, at your, you're beyond your limits. You yeah. know, um, yeah. and yeah, so I definitely am happy to have that. Well, Phoebe, thank you so much for sharing your stories. It's been such a pleasure um, getting to know you and yeah, yeah, everything about you and your beautiful family. Oh, thank you for everything you do. I honestly wouldn't have um, had the journey I did without your podcast. I Aww. genuinely mean that. Um, and for holding space for women in all the different ways you do it's um yeah it's really beautiful and yeah appreciate it oh you're so beautiful (laughs) (laughs) um Phoebe if somebody did want to connect with you do you have like an insta or um something that people could connect with you 
I sure do. So at the moment, my best would be actually on my personal Insta. Um, I share a lot on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that is underscore for the love of winter, or one word underscore. Um, yeah. You can find me there. Thank you, Phoebe. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Renegade Mama. If you would like to connect with me, submit a birth story, or just find out a little more about what I do, check out my website at therenegademama.co. Or you can connect with me on Facebook as The Renegade Mama or Instagram as The underscore Renegade underscore Mama. Lastly, can I ask you share this episode with at least one other person? I want every woman to know it's possible to birth in her power. So please share far and wide. Until next week, remember to follow your intuition, not the institution. We are sovereign. We are free. If you like the Renegade Mama podcast, then leave a review. You can do so on iTunes or our Facebook page. The Renegade Mama is released weekly on both Apple iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you get your podcasts.